Hey, everyone, and welcome back to yet another installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Sunday, September 26, 2021, in the year of our Lord, and this is the 83rd installment of our humble little show. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, For those of you that don't know, we are doing our first ever impromptu video podcast, our first, uh, what would you call that, a vlog or a vlogcast? Um, (laughs) Vlogcast. If that's not what it was called before, that's what it's called now. Got it. Welcome back to the uh, first ever blogcast. Uh, Bradley and I were trying to coordinate this uh, Sunday's podcast and uh, an inerrant Google Meets link ended up being the reason why we're not together in physical real life today. And it's a great forcing function to get us into our first ever video podcast, which we've been, that's right. we've only been talking about it for like a year, dude. Yeah. Since like episode five. <laughs> we've got a lot to get into today. Um, Tuesday is a very special day. It marks the two-year anniversary of this podcast, Mr. B-Rad. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. And when you think about it, you think about all the life that's occurred in that time span. Um, It's pretty nuts. So I've actually, uh, I wrote up a little something when I thought that we were going to be off camera that made me shed a tear solo. And now you're going to put me on camera and make me say it's all the tots. So don't appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it feels like this was meant to be. All right. Well, let's get into it then, shall we? Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. How the heck are you, Mr. B-Red? Man, life is crazy. Life is busy, but I'm here and I'm good. <laughs> Repping your Cowboys. Are we, are we playing today? We play tomorrow. Okay. We're one-on-one, yeah. right? Yes. I saw that those bucks with old Tom Brady are 2-0. and Yeah, we, we almost got them that first week, but, you know, but we're still looking good. <laughs> yeah, I was... My my mother was trying to tell me, oh, we look so good against Tom Brady and the Bucks, And I'm like, that's what it's all about, right? Trying to hold that 44-year-old to a three-point win. <laughs> We're really doing it to it, baby. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way. I do put it that way because that's how it was put to me. People were like trying to sell that as a feature, uh, as a benefit. And I'm like, you know what? If you can't beat the 44-year-old in game one of the season, like we're just not... We're not cut out for the Super Bowl. He's the GOAT. What are you talking about? He's 44 years old. <laughs> this is preposterous. It's not, just our, it's not just our team that plays that <laughs> way. Like, he's one listen, of the greats. Listen, I'm looking for a 1972 Miami Dolphins type run. I want to see, what is it, 19 and 0. That's what I'm, what I'm going for. Well, I already botched that, so... It's been 15 days since you and I last uh, got together. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're together in front of this fireplace here today. If you're ingesting this podcast via your normal Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Breaker, Apple, go ahead and turn that off and go straight to YouTube because <laughs> you can see our beaming mugs delivering right. all of this content directly to you. Look, oh shoot, ah, my hands on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been 15 days. I was out last weekend. Thanks for dealing with my um, my uh, no show. But I, I flew out to um, to LAX mm-hmm. for the first time ever and went to a wedding that was really cool uh, for my colleague Jody Dubuque. Now Jody Gus, I, t- I guess. Nice. How was that? It was awesome, man. Um, got up uh, really early Friday morning and uh, flew up, flew out to LAX and got an Uber over to the Agora Hills kind of Calabasas type area. Like I kept, does she have a bird? What is that? It's the dog whining. Oh, okay. 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 Um, forgive us folks dealing with first ever virtual podcast here. So yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, in four days, he'll be put in the backyard when we record. <laughs> We're going to get to that because I can't believe that timetable. I definitely want to do that as part of the uh, part of the two year kind of uh, recap that, that we might do here. But so anyway, I, I'd never been out there. I'd only been to kind of Northern California, Bay Area, um, all in through there. But I'd never I'd been to Newport, Huntington, you know, parts of SoCal. But uh, that LAX kind of, you know, Thousand Oaks, um, a Calabasas type area I'd never been to. So mm-hmm. took an Uber for about an hour over to Agora Hills and they had like this nice hotel set up, got checked in there. And it was cool because they like greeted you with a, an eight and a half by 11 prospectus of like all the different things that were going to be occurring throughout the weekend. And they had everything from, you know, the rehearsal dinner to, you know, the, the sprinter vans will be there to pick you up at 3.30 from the hotel to go to the venue. Um, there's an after party at this bar. Tomorrow, there's a brunch. After that, we're going to the beach. Then there's barbecue at the bride and groom's house. And I was like, goodness, nice. this is pretty big smattering of, uh, of uh, event optionality here. But they also had a hospitality room set up that they directed all the guests to that you could go get like bottles of water, beer, wine, snacks, whatever you needed. And so I went and got set up in the hotel room and actually popped open my laptop, uh, closed the deal for the bride. She signed a deal the day of her wedding, pretty big deal. And um, then I just got ready, suited up, got into the limo, went, went over to the the venue and, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was uh, just solo. The only current colleague of hers seemed like everybody else that was there had known her for you know, 50 years type deal. Uh, but everybody was so wonderful, welcoming, uh, just beautiful people. A lot of them were from the Midwest is what I figured out. Because mm-hmm. at one point I was like, I'm in California and like the most shallow portion of the country ever. And everyone's just so nice. And then I realized they're all from <laughs> Milwaukee and Chicago. <laughs> they're, out, they're out of towners. But it was, uh, it was really meaningful and fun. It was a, a tearjerker ceremony. Um, she's 51. She has a a nine-year-old daughter. My colleague has a really fascinating story in that this woman is very funny. She actually was in Second City in Chicago that produced the likes of, was it Mulaney and uh, Mm -hmm. a bunch of big improv kind of stand-up comics nowadays. Um, 
So she had relatives there that were also stand-up comedians. So I actually talked to her uncle or her brother-in-law who had, um, he'd opened for Frank Caliendo back in the day. And he and his son, who I connected with very early on, were actually going to the comedy store in LA that particular evening to see Jezelneck perform. So I found my people immediately, walked in, saw the first guy somewhat around my age, five minutes in, were like, do you listen to your mom's house podcast? And it was all over from there. So (laughs) that's awesome. Had a great time. It was beautiful, just overlooking the hills and beautiful uh, reception out on the lawn. Um, Can't say enough great things about the couple and everybody that was kind of part of the, the hosting function there really made me feel welcome. It was just a one night journey for me. So I flew back on Saturday after the brunch and uh, just had a great time. It was crazy to meet my colleague for the first time in real life, like as she's walking down the aisle. Uh, Yeah, that sounds great. That was a new experience. Yeah. What did you do last weekend? Well, I'm glad you had a blast. Um, Last weekend, I uh, went to... Well, I attempted to go wakeboarding, uh, but I'm terrible at it. So, um, yeah. So I spent the, spent the day on the lake with, uh, spent the night in the hospital. <laughs> no, no, not that bad, but, uh, we were out on the lake with, uh, Courtney's parents and brothers and, um, just caught some sun, got a, got a nice sunburn, got my first, uh, peel of the, of the summer as it's coming to a close and um, i was about to say guys like brad just got his first peeling sunburn of the season in september <laughs> yeah <laughs> um which which is crazy because i did get sunburned uh you know for my birthday and a couple other times but not to that degree i guess um but yeah man i um i was sore like sore in places that i don't know if i've ever been in my entire life and I don't know if that's just because I haven't been wakeboarding since the fifth grade or because I'm older or a mixture of both. Um, but it was painful. It, it, was, uh, it was a tough week. I, I can finally raise my hand above my head and I'm grateful for that. Yo, any of those sports that require being pulled behind a boat with a rope, like kneeboarding, wakeboarding, skiing, you have no idea all the muscles in your arms and your shoulders and your traps and lats and all that stuff that you just never use, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I, I, did. I didn't even know I had this muscle area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like, it like, wasn't like your, like your normal part of your tricep, but like a different part. And I just... I just didn't know, man. I just didn't know. But uh, I'm, every time you reach around to try to show me the muscle mass, I'm like, show me the house that you're in. <laughs> this virtual background keeps fading out. We're going to have to see how good this turns out. But um, can I can I follow I, up I, with you? Go ahead. I feel like I don't know if I should let him out and just kind of let him roam around and then maybe he'll stop whining. Can but, you? Uh, I mean, yeah. Anything other than I did want to follow up with you on the um, I'm not sure if you're going to love me bringing this up, but you did bring it up first. Um, I'd like to follow up on that one, not professor, but teacher that was demonstrating a particular time period with cotton. How has that saga unfolded since we last spoke? 
Um, it's kind of just blown over. We had uh, a teacher's meeting where somebody kind of came in and talked to us about um, racial awareness and not being colorblind, but uh, you know, being being open to uh, you know everybody's cultural backgrounds and different and um, being aware uh, of you know hot button issues and whatnot. So um, that was that, and nobody else has really raised a, a stink about anything else. So it's kind of just blown over, to be honest. Got lost in the news cycle. <laughs> yeah. The, the yep. next day, somebody got suspended for something unrelated. So it blew over. Exactly. They're like, you know what? In the education of these young kids. No, no that, um, that really happened. What? Oh, I'm right? Yeah. Of course I'm right. It's just like the news yeah. media cycle. What happened? What'd that other kid do? It doesn't matter, man. I don't want to get into that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could just get you to sit still next to this fire with me. <laughs> so some kid gets suspended. It takes over the news cycle and the, what's the, is it Yik Yak? Are the kids using Yik Yak at your school? Um, no, I don't think so. But I, I haven't gotten on like in a month. So did you tell me that that website or application is back? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So Rocking and rolling at school, dealing with disciplinary mm -hmm. issues, a uh, little wakeboarding while I was out in Thousand Oaks, California yeah. area. Um, uh -huh. Any other big, big updates? Something happening on oh, Thursday? Yeah, uh, you know, just had our walkthrough for our house. And um, you can walk through it now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there. The electricity's on. You can flush the toilet. It's uh ready to go and so uh, we actually um this thursday we are you moving keys. stuff around right now yeah i have the dog right here so i mean uh, we're just gonna have to deal with that okay <laughs> yeah it's gonna be one of those deleted episode shows <laughs> <laughs> i mean if if me moving around and you guys seeing the real wall takes you out of it i'm i'm sorry <laughs> like wait for I like Wait this for, backyard. For next step. Yeah, I like this. I wish this was our. We'll be in your real backyard here soon. Um, yes. Two years, man. We we started this in my crappy apartment back in Oak Lawn, and very soon mm -hmm. we'll actually be recording in your brick and mortar, your your four yes. walls, which is just insane progress in life. Yeah, um, crazy excited about it. Uh, we did the walkthrough, and there were just a few touch ups that they had to do, and but everything like, looks like great. Okay. Um, just having to uh, touch up some areas with paint. Um, they have to replace one of the windows. There's like a small crack in it. They were already planning on doing that before we pointed it out, but now it's written down. So, um, and then one of the panels on the side of the house uh, needs to be replaced as well. Um, but minor, minor things that will be taken care of before thursday right on that's amazing dude how does that feel to have that like when did they first go under construction on that um back in april 
April and it's September. Yeah. So it was six month build, something like that. Yeah. Around there. Um, we thought there was going to be a more of a delay because of all the rain that we got in April. Um, but they, they got it in on time. So what's the emotional process of like, I mean, what's going through your head knowing that you're about to enter the, the home that you might likely be in for 10, 20, 30 years, like emotionally, what, what is that chapter closing and or, um, opening paragraph kind of look like in your life? Um, it, I mean, it's closing a chapter in which, hmm, I don't know if I've put it into words yet, but, you know, living in a home in which my dad used to live in, right? And then every, every day since, you know, he passed in January, it's, it's felt kind of empty or it's been tough going home. Um, and so... Uh, I, I, I guess I'm just glad for kind of like a new start, um, to make more happy memories. And, um, now the less time that I'm spending in that other home, um, I can just kind of reflect on the good memories that I had with my dad, um, back there. And, um, yeah. So, uh, as far as what I'm looking forward to, I mean, like Courtney and I are looking forward to being able to host people. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to having like Vespers and stuff with my students over there and, um, you know, being close to the school. Um, it's only going to be about, it'll probably be like less than a 10 minute drive. Um, so looking forward to that. And um, yeah, just, just uh, it's pretty, uh pretty sadomasochist that you would have to go back to that home every day that you're currently living in given the the situation and the memories and it just seems so uh table stakes that you're like what I'm looking forward to about my new home my father has not died while living in it <laughs> like that's such table stakes like baseline ground level air cover and <laughs> it's more than due um and I'm, I'm sorry that you had to spend the majority of this uh this year in a, a place that, you know, rendered, rendered memories that were not always positive, you know? Yeah, man, it, it was, it's was no separation. Because, like, you know, back then, like I would get home late after hanging out with friends and everything. And my dad would typically be either, you know, asleep on the couch or still up and we'd have like those late night talks and everything. And so uh, like, even whenever I wasn't there throughout the day, I'd come home and, you know, catch up with them, joke around and everything. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been different. Um, but dude, I mean, at that house, like we don't even have a garage there. I'm looking forward to having a garage, and, <laughs> uh, like an actual Wi-Fi. <laughs> looking forward to Wi-Fi, although it is Cleburne. And so I, I'm hearing that the options aren't that great, but it's better than nothing. Interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I'm actually going to check on that uh, this coming weekend. Can't move in until you have Wi-Fi, baby. That's the first. I'd rather have Wi-Fi than water. <laughs> well, I've been in a home without Wi-Fi for many years, so all my life, basically. So uh, I'm kind of used to it. But um, yeah, being able to, you know, I won't be on a dirt path anymore. So like, I can keep my car a little cleaner. And um, I mean, there's just a bunch of like little things that. Um, 
that I'm really looking forward to. So, well, it's your choice. It's your home. You chose mm-hmm. to buy there to build there, and I'm uh, I'm excited. Are you going to have like a housewarming or something like that? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but that's the plan to have you guys come over and have some good food, hang out. Awesome. Well, it's been a a long journey. Um, Over the last two years, I've been looking forward to September 28 of 2021 because we launched episode one, no microphones. Um, It'll probably be about the quality of this podcast that we're putting together today. (laughs) Um, Listen, man, almost two years (laughs) later and we're still we're still uh, making strides and uh, <laughs> our, our fans are so lucky. <laughs> Why not? I've been looking forward to messing with a, a virtual Zoom podcast and this one was definitely unexpected, but it's, uh, it's exciting to get to work with these new tools and experiment with like, well, what would happen to our YouTube channel where we actually live, you know, on it? You know, how, how have we gotten over 400 hours of watch time on our YouTube channel since launching this podcast with no actual interactive video. It's pretty crazy. It's like those select- It wasn't our US, it wasn't our US listeners, I'll tell you that. Actually, there was a lot of US (laughs) listeners on YouTube. Um, I've got all this data for you that I'm gonna rattle off. Um, On YouTube alone, 59,000 impressions, over 2,500 views, over 400 hours of watch time. You know that our podcast through 82 episodes has produced five days, 17 hours worth of consecutive content. And that has been listened to in the United States, Ireland, Germany, Russia, Brazil, the Netherlands, the UK, Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Czech Republic, Canada, Spain, Japan, India, South Korea, Australia, Singapore, Sweden, Philippines, Taiwan, and Egypt. Somebody was next to the Great Links or the Big Pyramid, and they were like, you know what? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Move over, Pitbull. <laughs> There's some new Mr. Worldwides. <laughs> I'm on a pyramid. Yeah. No, it's been... Uh, been an interesting ride to accrue some of those uh, listeners. We've had over 10,000 listens over these 83 episodes. And more than anything, this was, um, I I realized like I'm not a teacher. Like I don't have kids in my life that help orient me as to the portion of the year that we're in. So like for the listeners, I'm sure that like Grizz, Checkers, Mr. B-Rod Colvin, like all of the teachers, all of the moms and dads, people that have other, other personal groundings in life help convict them of what time of year it is. Like, you know that it's Halloween coming up because you've got kids in your life. And this is one of those personal initiatives in my own life that I can kind of track over different time periods and see what was going on. And so much has gone on since we started this podcast. And sometimes we've even joked that Maybe it was divine timing in terms of, uh, you know, new life, end of life, you know, the, the, the sagas that the world was going to go through. I mean, when we first started this podcast, we didn't have microphones or Joe Biden. We were in a Trump presidency. We'd never worn a mask in our lives except to ski, maybe. Um, you know, it was a completely different 
wild west and so i don't know if you have any reflections on that but i did write something that i'm a little i've almost thought about not doing it on this show because we're we're visible we're visible to the audience but you know it's kind of about tracking the gap and the gain because honestly i was sitting here thinking like goodness gracious like brad's dad passed um you know life changes you purchased a lot you built a home you started dating this good girl you got engaged to said good girl you're putting you know planning and meet around the the wedding day and the honeymoon and your future life together you've excelled in your career and I was like man what have I done I've got nothing I, I honestly for a moment felt like oh I've got nothing to show and then I started thinking about the whole concept of the gap and the gain and and not just you know, the, uh, the gaps that I currently have to where I want to be, but, you know, the ground that I've covered to, to, to gain to this point over the last two years. So, um, are you want to listen to this, Mr. B-Run? I am all ears, my friend. Okay. I'm going to look off my screen a little bit, but here it goes. Two years ago, I was in a much different place than I am today. I was about a month removed from leaving Cosmic JS, my first startup that I went to Y Combinator with. I'd left the company in August of 2019 with no other jobs lined up, leaving me free to travel for just a little while. I spent August of 2019 in Europe, traveling first to New York, then on to London, Stonehenge, Bath Spa, Paris, and back to New York. I went to Broken Bow to play golf and consult on an emerging land development deal. And then I went with my family to the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, Colorado to celebrate our late grandparents and one of their favorite uh, vacation destinations. It was there on the golf course that they played the U.S. Senior Open that Jack Nicklaus has won uh, a tournament and hoisted a trophy on. My dad and I played that golf course together and It was on the golf course that my dad offered me the next level show, which was his current radio show and podcast uh, through iHeart. I thought about it and decided it'd be better to pursue something kind of organically that was my own from its inception. And I'd always earmarked you for that, Mr. B-Rad. The years of my first startup uh, were rough financially. To start, I'd put money in the company and then not gotten a paycheck for 18 consecutive months. I spent every dime to my name and then borrowed money against my inheritance from my parents. Little known secret. I spent every dollar I had in life. And then they bailed me out in an effort to give me more time runway to make that first startup work. I started cutting in that money too, trying to thread the needle between getting the startup seeded so that we could pay ourselves. And inevitably we did and we raised capital. We gained uh, monthly recurring revenue. And I was able to pay my parents back, but had to keep my lifestyle very modest as a result. I moved apartments in 2019 uh, after a relationship chapter closed, and I couldn't prove income to the big box apartments where, uh, since we'd recently cut our, our founder pay to next to nothing. I didn't have like recent pay stubs and some of the, the things that put you on the good boy list with like a gray star or a post pro- an MAA property any of those big box. So I wasn't financially qualified to go live at your normal post, Amley or Graystar property. I was in a cheap apartment off Oak Lawn when we first recorded and uh, I was dwindling my last $10,000 to my name, which was actually my parents' cash. And I had no job. 
So I'm like, let's go to Europe. Um, two years later, I'm celebrating my two-year anniversary at Preciate. I'm surrounded by a team that's expanding, caring, and pushes me to be better. I have access to a beautiful home office here in Victory Park, a co-working space a block over, as well as a fully dedicated office in the same location. I'm building a resume of skills and connections that will hopefully parlay into future success. I'm debt-free, my cash reserves are replenished, and I've actually been able to deploy about $25,000 back to work for me in the uh, investment market just this year alone. I moved into a beautiful new place in Victory Park, surrounded by like-minded professionals. I even recently bought a new bed for the first time in 10 years, and I had a maid clean the apartment Let's go. The other day. Let's go. You can eat that. Three-second rule is back in effect in my place. <laughs> Um, over the last two years, I've cultivated stronger relationships with people due to this podcast. I've met Dylan and Katie and appreciate social. I've golfed with Peter. I've tweeted with Cam. I've spoken with Austin and Shannon on small business ownership. I've heard from intriguing student, students like James on the podcast. I've read new books thanks to Brock. I've watched Brad settle in and grow at CTA. I've watched his relationship with Courtney begin, flourish, and become formalized for the marriage proposal in December of 2020. Uh, I've built a virtual relationship with the show's number one fan via LinkedIn, Dean, and I've watched and supported Brad as we said goodbye to Dean. From the crappy apartment beginnings to soon recording the podcast in your new custom-built house, it's been good, bad, and ugly, but it's the wild ride that we call life. Love you, Brad. Love the folks listening to the show. Love you too, man. And uh, yeah, there's no way that you can say, uh, you know, what have I you know, asking yourself, what have I accomplished in the past two years? Because you've made uh, great strides and appreciate alone. And uh, this podcast even predates that. So, um, so it's been really cool to watch you succeed and do all those things. I mean, even, even uh, I mean, you had played golf before we began recording, but you were still early on and, and kind of uh, you know, starting that too, and you've made great strides on the golf course. And um, it, it just seems like uh, you've realized a lot of your passions and, uh, and you're like a lot too. <laughs> Over the last two years, I've, I've married my father, married my sweetheart, built a home, and I'm like, I shaved 10 strokes off my short game. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> no, that's true though. Like, growth is growth. January of 2019 was really. I think when I kicked golf into high gear, it's kind of one of the main things that I had from a personal perspective when I moved out to the Bay Area and there was a nice little range down there, uh, one or two miles down the block that I went to almost every day religiously. And mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a tradition that, you know, at least when the weather is okay here in Dallas, I, I still try to continue. I find myself going out to the range and um, sometimes AirPods, sometimes just quiet time. Um, just need to decompress almost daily. And I think that it's one of those atomic habits that has helped keep me loose, keep me fit. Um, and, and this year, again, thanks to people like you and, and Michael and others, um, I've been impressed to build more relationships on the golf course as well. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually got you out there after the last yep. episode 82. And uh -huh. uh, let me tell you, Brad's certainly a, uh, a beginner, but kept it straight and on the fairway every time. Thanks, man. No. Dude, didn't you clear two ravines on par threes on your first shot? 
I did. Yeah, that was uh, and, that was abnormal. <laughs> yeah, and then I had others that you know went into the water, <laughs> but <laughs> so but, we used uh, several we, of your shots. Yeah, I was gonna say like we played best ball and we used we used a few of mine. So uh, you know, happy with that, and it was it was honestly a lot of fun. So are you a better ping pong player or golf player? Oh, ping pong easily. Oh, I, I still got you on that though, buddy. Uh, um, but I, I was also just reflecting as I was writing this little this little piece on the number of true unique virtual relationships or kind of just acquaintances, like people that you <laughs> kind of keep up with through the through the um, through the grapevine, so to speak. And it's been um, I've seen other people create stronger relationships with one another as a result of listening to us, um, which is is very meaningful. I know that people have um, struggled, they've struggled with depression or, or feeling low in life at different points. And I think that some of our, some of our words have, have helped them in those moments. And, and that means the world to me, but just, um, yeah, it, it's been a good ride so far. And I don't think that we know the long-term value that we both will be able to derive from this, but it's something that, Hey, as long as we're in this beautiful, you know, courtyard with this beautiful crackling fire in between us, we might as well keep it going. That's right, baby. And I also want to say, like, there's been a lot of personal growth in both of us as well. Like, I don't want you to sell yourself short there. And we don't need to, like, divulge the areas in which you've grown. But, like, I, I, th I think we both know that to be true as well. Yeah, there's definitely some silent prayer requests that I thought about writing down that I'm like, nah. Uh, <laughs> I've grown in multiple ways, folks, and I'm not going to tell you how. <laughs> so, but that sounded weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah honor <laughs> you can show them no okay um dude we were sitting in my closet when the nba canceled their 2019 2020 wraparound season rudy gobert baby just crazy it's yeah. um the last couple of years i saw a meme the other day that was like uh wow 2019 is going fast oh hey 2021 2022 2022 man dude it's october yeah. like this week yeah, you know the state fair started this past weekend? Yeah, or on yeah Friday? I do, because it's on the way to the golf course. <laughs> I, I had no idea until I saw pictures of, of people there. So, Heard Big Texas maskless this year. That little QAnon supporter. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> He's like, uh, never mind, actually. <laughs> yeah, we know how he voted. Is it full capacity or do you know any of the deeds surrounding this? Um, dear friend of mine, Carla de Chavez, she was just posting videos all day long. There was like no line at the Fletcher Corndog thing. Like it, it just, I'm not sure if it's because they were, uh, they closed it, they capped it or if people just didn't know. Like I talked with uh, Gerald and Alec this weekend. They didn't know it was going on either until we saw pictures, so. It could have just been an advertising debacle issue. I don't know. It, it's hard. It's like, wh what would be the channel that you would distribute the fact that, hey, the state fair is on, it, it's alive and well. You know, media is so niche nowadays that it's like, it's hard to get the message out to everybody yeah. in a particular geo, right? Right. But I feel like I see plenty of like Twitter, Instagram, like you're scrolling through stories or on your timeline. And uh, there's like the paid advertisements. I'm like, 
I'm close enough to DFW to where if they did do like a geo advertising type thing, surely the state fair would pop up on my feed. Yeah. I mean, maybe they have less of a digital budget this year or something, or maybe they're not looking to hype it because the actual just normal routine foot traffic that would come through would, you know, pay the freight and also not raise as many eyebrows from like a COVID perspective. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's fair as well. Do we yeah, have to wear masks well. outdoors? Do you know? Um, I didn't, uh, from the pictures that I saw, I didn't see people wearing masks. Okay. Maybe I'm they sure it's them encouraged, off. but yeah. Yeah. It's, I went to Tom Thumb this morning, early AM and they're one of the places in Dallas that enforce masks, but I forgot mine. And so I just, I went in and I saw other people without masks. So it's kind of this weird enforcement situation at this, at this time, but um, definitely going to be wearing a lot of masks this week as I uh, fly out to, to New York city on Wednesday. Hey, and what's going on over there? So it's my, um, the, the occasion or the reason the excuse to go to New York is my mother's 60th birthday, which we've discussed uh, happened this year in the Ooh. summer. And so this is kind of that grand trip. I actually referenced, you know, two years ago, the entire family having gone to the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. So I'm getting the sense that maybe this is some sort of like biannual um, September type trip tradition that maybe the, uh, the rents are trying to, to start, but we're going to, they actually are flying out in four minutes. So they're flying up to uh, DC and they're going to be with Meredith and Brian in their Reston. I believe it's Reston or Herndon, Reston, Virginia home for the next couple of days. And then I think they're taking the train up to NYC. I'll meet them there Wednesday. We'll be there Wednesday through Sunday and I'm just going to run around the city. And I got to look into this vaccine passport app situation because I know that we're supposed to have some sort of like unique barcode or something that we scan literally everywhere to walk through a door in New York city. So um, anxious to report back to you and the tots on what that, what that all looks like. Cause you know, I don't know if it'll be a benefit. Like maybe there'll be, you know, fewer touristy type people there or what, but my goal is to go blend in and definitely log some hours down at the comedy cellar and some of those fun places in Greenwich. Yeah, I definitely want to hear uh, uh, about your adventures while you're there. That, that sounds that sounds like it's going to be super exciting. Eating some good food. New York has the best food. They mm -hmm. have just, I love the fact that you can eat a full, you know, three, four, five course meal at four o'clock in the morning. I think that's one of the coolest features of a, a truly metropolitan city. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'm surprised other areas uh, haven't uh, or don't stay open that late like other portions of the country you mean right well i guess it's just based on need right or volume i guess but even even like their clubs and everything like close a lot later than like even here yeah that that's not healthy like when you you need a 2 a.m cutoff time which i never make it to two right like i'm typically in bed at 10 o'clock on a weekend anymore but um yeah I think that you need that 2 a.m. cutoff, like go home now. And in New York, it's like, I mean, you can, I think the bars don't close till six or like four or 6 a.m. I thought it was four, but it could be six. That'd be crazy. Um, but 
like I like that idea because like if you're at a concert venue or something and it can stay open later, you probably get to hear more music and uh, different things like that. But yeah, anyway, you, you definitely get to live more life. There's uh, the city that never sleeps. I, I love that energy that comes from New York. And I think I'm at the point in my life where I've accepted that it's not for me to live. You know, it's just so hard to live in New York, even if you're uber wealthy. It can be very challenging. And as uh, my story from today illustrates, I am not uber wealthy, but um, definitely have plans to be, man. So you're, I, you're getting there. I've deployed a lot of investment dollars. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, I want to go buy a new car, but I've purchased a new car in Bitcoin and self-storage this year. Um, I've got That's a lot cool. of Bitcoin, which has been a, a frustrating fact of this week. <laughs> They're saying it might go to 37K yeah. real quick before it bounces back. Which is... they're, they're all dropping. Ethereum's dropping as well. But I'm here for the ride, baby. Did you see that Robinhood launched recurring crypto investments? I did. And did you take part in that? I did. I'm now buying $10 of Bitcoin every day. Let's go. I heard that that was the strategy uh, from folks that are kind of using it as like a cash savings or 401k investment type vehicle. So uh, I'll report back. I'm currently down <laughs> on Bitcoin and Robinhood all time, but it's fine. I actually think I'm going to bounce back and I think I'm making the right play right now. I, I believe so as well. Uh, I don't know why it's fluctuating so much lately, but I definitely think uh, it has not reached the ceiling. Okay, so you ready for my favorite segment of the podcast, the Who Done It segment? Hit me. This is the uh, drum roll, please. This is the missing white woman on the weekly catch-up segment. There's Where's so many side though? stories off this. So we found her. Uh, what's her name? Gabby Petito. Gabby Petito is a vlogger, um, YouTuber that was traveling cross country with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, uh, spelled with an I-E instead of a Y, um, but Brian Laundrie. And they had some sort of, uh, they actually had one of those like mod vans that they built. Um, I think they did some sort of time-lapsed video of like, uh, Heston's big into this, like the, the mod vans where you like strip it out and put a sink in there and a bed and all that stuff. They'd built that and they'd gone from Florida all the way up to like the Grand Tetons and in, in Wyoming. And do you, uh, are you familiar with this story? Yeah, they like uh, went on a hike or some hike and uh, came back and she was not with them. Right? I, yeah, I feel like essentially, you... I mean, they... So weird thing there, happens. There's reports of like a couple, a couple that was arguing, and uh, I guess they're determining that it was them. It was, um, but they're on, yeah. they're on, they're on a what, what's it called? A lapel camera. The officer's okay. uh, lapel camera, and there was a 911 call logged to police in like Montana or Wyoming, and one guy just said it looked like this couple was arguing, and then I saw the guy hit the girl, and so. They go pull over uh, Gabby Petito and, and Brian Laundrie, and she's just kind of incoherent. It looked like she kept apologizing, like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little uh, volatile. And, you know, she was hitting him, 
she said, or the cops witnessed or something of that effect. And they ended up letting them go of their own recognizance. I think they split them up for the night maybe and sent her to a motel and he spent the night in the van or something of that effect. And we're getting more bits and pieces now where it sounded like he was hitchhiking at one point. Um, he was uh, given a ride in a Toyota RAV4, um, offered the, the driver gas money um, to take him back to the area that they actually ended up discovering her body. He shows up back in Florida at his parents' house with the mod van and no Gabby on September 1. Authorities check in. He won't talk to him. He refers them to his lawyer. And so they go, you know, end up doing the manhunt or the, you know, the woman hunt, I guess, to find Gabby, find remains that did check out as her. They go back to talk to said Brian Laundry because the local police were like, we don't have any jurisdiction we don't know if any crime was committed it's not illegal to like go on a vacation with your girlfriend and not come back with her you know maybe she has different travel plans so it was actually the fbi that first made him a person of interest in this case and in the interim uh since they went back to wyoming and found her he hightailed it he left his cell phone and his wallet at his parents house and they thought for whatever reason that he was in this like reserve swampland in uh florida and they were out there with like divers and airboats and floodlights in like this alligator snake infested portion of the swamp and they were like looking underwater like i don't i don't get if they were suspecting foul play or that he'd offed himself or what the case may be but i don't they haven't found him as of uh sunday morning at 11 10 a.m central yeah it's uh Maybe the parents were just, you know, wishful thinking that, that he couldn't have committed that crime or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I'm I, the stuff that I saw. It made it seem like that they weren't trying very hard to find him. At least the parents weren't. Um, and no, they didn't the, seem they didn't seem overly concerned. The parents know something. Yeah. So you think they're trying to keep him safe? Uh, they're not saying what they know. And for all I know, on his way out the door, they probably said, don't tell us where you're going or whatever. I don't know what he fessed up to. I really, I don't have any, um, I don't have any understanding yet as to what shape her corpse was in or the autopsy. I know that they came back and said that it's a homicide, but after watching so much SVU and, you know, documentaries, it's like the, the coroner coming out and saying, well, I think that this could potentially be a homicide is such a nebulous thing. You know, it's like, yeah, if they can't, half the time the authorities are pressuring them to say it's a homicide and they're like, well, it could have been a slip, like, you know, anything like that. So I don't know if this is like a singular blunt trauma to the head type situation or if she was just found with like knife wounds or I have no line of sight on what that looks like. Gotcha. But we can still agree that like he did it he knows something and he needs to be brought in for questioning right but you could say that he is at a minimum criminally negligent even if she had been like you know what and like killed herself right in front of him let's say let's say that happened and then he just left and went back home and doesn't want to talk about it i mean you could list that as trauma i guess but that's not likely from my perspective um but I just don't know when I hear like remains are found and then it 
it was like we need to put these remains through the rigor through the rigor through the the testing to make sure it's gabby it's like wouldn't that have been really evident like there's something so, not right? there's something not surfacing in the, the reporting thus far yeah I, I think more will come to light um but yeah it's not looking it's not looking and then they they you said they still haven't found him right like he's still on the run or he's still on, the, way. on the run but he, he's still unaccounted for he's probably not the best person to uh have to find in all of god's creation because if they're already going out on mod bands and you know, they've got their jib and their YouTube and they're in the most remote areas like Grand Tetons and all these different areas. Like, sounds like maybe he's a little bit of a, a backwoods boy. And I, I don't know what that entails. But I don't know how far you get without money or identification or yeah, a credit card. Gonna he's going to have to come out eventually or, or die. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's like in a loincloth in the uh, in the Everglades, like eating rats over a spitfire or what. But um, did you hear that Dog the Bounty Hunter has now shown up at his front door and uh, knocked on the door? Yeah, I did. It's become more of a spectacle. Uh, yeah, because interesting. It's our it's our first missing white woman nationally that really gained a lot of steam in quite some time. And there's so many narratives surrounding this. Yeah. Um, you know, white women have always gotten preferential treatment when gone missing. You know, it's called missing white woman syndrome. And Patrice O'Neill, rest in peace, had the greatest joke of all time. He's an African, he was an African-American stand-up comedian, one of the greatest of all time. And he said, they do not look for black people when they go missing. He's like, if I ever go on a hike, I'm going to, you know, attach a white baby on a keychain to my, my belt loop. And they will come. He's like, it'll be a really white baby, like Ugg boots and <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> oh. He's like, they will search the ends of the earth for me and this little white baby hanging on my, my belt loop. But I guess, Dude, I mean, you, you know, you know Netflix and Hulu are already putting together a documentary as we as we record Foam, this. Foaming at the mouth, you know. Yeah, and they they've got so much great content that I love the new era of the social media documentary where everything is real time, everything is speculative tweets, video footage, corresponding news reports, and the thing that I was going to say is that Joy Reid from MSNBC is one of the voices that has very much brought up the fact like. Look at all these, you know, missing women of color, you know, where is their news story? Why do we have such white women missing derangement syndrome in this country? And I think that part of the pushback that I've heard, Crystal and Sagar were breaking this down on turning points. They were saying that the corporate media is mad at this case because all of this unfolded online. You know, they, they weren't the ones bringing you the story. They're all capitalizing on the story. It's, you know, front page of CNN and you know, it's wall-to-wall -wall right. coverage uh, on their actual news mm -hmm. media uh, channels. But the, um, the fact that people were actually sleuthing this online and using Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and like, hey, she was last here. Like, I actually heard that the authorities were tipped off as to her potential location of her body based off of like 
either metadata or a comment or something that this online community of sleuths had basically dug up. So they really went yes. on the offensive. Yeah, so in turn, like all the news broadcast stations, like they're having to report on it because, you know, it's like a trending topic on Twitter and, you know, people are posting it to their stories and everything. Like I saw... I saw at least three polls this past week of just friends posting, like, do you think he did it? Yes or no? Like, uh, it, it's like, no, it's a hundred. Yes is a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. Again, without knowing the shape that she was found in, I'm given a lot of pause when they have to like identify remains. Like the fact that it wasn't just, we found Gabby, you know, at, at the outset that seems strange to me it's like did she have a face you know like how could we not identify her not enough time had lapsed like a lot of times in these situations when um dead white woman is found in the woods or in a creek or something you know slugs like insects water Take natural decay. for for it for it to decompose yeah well, no, what I'm saying is that let's say you've been left face down submerged in water and then mm -hmm. little leeches and you know things started eating at you. Maybe there's out, I guess there's not alligators in the Grand Tetons, but whatever there could be. Um, you know, what what has potentially happened? Because if she was out there, I think that the period of unaccounted time for is at least days, right? Like maybe more like a week or two weeks, yeah, because it sounded like he might have co-opted her phone at one point and done a fake post. And there's so I, much. I, yeah, something about like she, the way that she called her grandfather, like by his first name or something like that, or uncle or something. She had an active yeah. check-in location somewhere. And I actually think that that was one of the sticking points that the FBI was able to use to actually, I, I think that that was actually their official line of inquiry initially was, uh, falsification of like cell phone data or some something of that effect where it's like it was pretty obvious that i don't know if he killed her used her thumb got into her iphone already knew her passcode but this is something i've seen in other documentaries and whatnot where you know the the murderer or the witness of the death ends up co-opting your technology and leading others in your life to believe that you are still with us um yeah that's wild it's reminiscent of uh don't mess with cats where mm. the, the online community of sleuths really devoted their lives to this and i went to both of these kids instagram pages that's the other weird thing about death and crime and drama in modern society is that that person's on facebook that person's on twitter so you, you start seeing brian laundry all over cnn and fox news go check him out on Instagram. He's got a million followers. And it's like, I want to see a timestamp of like, how much of an influencer were you pre-murder versus now? And of course, I want to go check the comments. So his latest post from like, which predates potentially her disappearance date, you know, it's got a hundred thousand comments and it's like, where is she, Brian? What'd you do with her, Brian? Yeah. Just crazy. It, it, the social media post-mortem situation is strange and yeah and now everybody's like looking at his past posts like trying to figure out if he was capable of doing it you know finding finding any crazy tweets or pictures or anything like that 
I mean, uh, think about the people, think about his boys that were tagged in a photo a row or two down, you know, are they getting DMs? Like, what do you know about your friend? Did you help them? Like just by association, like the world has never been more flat. There's never been fewer degrees of separation. And the fact that I can just, you know, search his handle. And in, like, in, if you, if you ever did anything crazy, like we have 80 some odd, odd episodes together, man. I'm the first person they're coming to. <laughs> <laughs> don't slip up bro yeah new new goal new goal uh have uh, the fbi on brad's brand new doorstep <laughs> and be like oh he's just such a normal guy to podcast yeah, with you know yeah. <laughs> i mean his jokes every now every once in a while <laughs> you're like i always knew he'd do a crime but this one just yeah, takes well, me out of left field <laughs> man uh yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing this story unravel and um again there's so many events in real time that i'm like i can't wait for 24 months from now to see that netflix preview because that's going to be dope i love the people that just take the time to edit through all that bring together the narrative and make it compelling af so exciting yeah what you laughing at you're silly, man. What you got? I'm looking forward to it too, though. <laughs> Who done it? What do I got? Oh, oh, uh, Tiger King Two was announced. Yep. What's that going to be about? Like his jail stay, or? Well, the director from that did like the first doc said that there was like a crazy amount of footage that like they didn't use, and now a lot more has transpired since he's been in jail. You know, this dude, Tiger King, he's posting on uh, Instagram. Yeah, it is what it is. Why uh, is there a, a thumbs up all of a sudden? Oh, no. Not, what in the, how did that just go away? Mine's still there. Oh, there it went. How weird. That's crazy. Our audio um, only people are like, unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's okay we're youtubers now yeah we're jake and logan paul coming to you live with the weekly catch-up uh who are you fighting next week brad <laughs> cameron burks i'm calling you out <laughs> hey let's take this opportunity we are facing off in yes. the, the podcast arena with them now right i know that's why i wanted to bring it up uh you guys should definitely check out uh it was it scattered i don't want to get it wrong but i believe it's scattered thoughts um i listened to yeah. their first episode and it was actually really interesting uh, cameron and his wife natalie uh they talk about like their relationship because they've been together since high school and they talk about like a lot of the difficulties that they had gone through and um really you know uh-huh um they talk about like money management and you know what 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 they do and what they did in the past and some of the stuff that they like some of their initial fears that they had to get over as far as trusting each other um with it with money and everything and like it was honestly super helpful for me as, as somebody um you know about to get married and everything and courtney and i are, are up front you know about our money and everything we plan on plan on putting it together but it was it was just great hearing from a, a well well established uh, couple and some of the stuff that they went through early on in their relationship 
that must be so worthwhile and such a unique perspective because I really appreciate like scattered I look shadow. Back, scattered shadow. And sometimes chatter. I look back, scattered chatter. Yes. Okay. Shout out to scattered chatter. I'm gonna have to check that out because, um, I mean, shout out to a couple that's like holding it down at the mansion and on Apple Podcasts, like being vulnerable like that. I think that there are times that I review my own history and where I'm currently at in relation to the prospects of a future romantic relationship. And I'm like, maybe I've already ruined myself or maybe uh, this window of um, naivete, naivete has passed. And yet that's an example of a couple that like got together in that time period where maybe naivete was at an all time high. And these are the challenges that we've experienced as a result, because it's a double-edged sword on both sides. So I think that that's, it's such an interesting time where, you know, more so than ever, we're, we know that we're all human. Like we can go to Brian Laundry's Instagram. We can go check out Cam's podcast. Like, and people are being honest and real in a way that I don't think was condoned by our parents or grandparents' generations. We just kind of saw yeah, what definitely. came out of the magic, the magic relationship machine and took that as Bible truth. And it's like, no, money, politics, religion, time, uh, goals, everything is up for debate. Yeah, and then another uh, one of the topics that they were talking about was like, if love is needed in a relationship, um, can a relationship be successful uh, without it? Or is that the only thing? Like, if you do love someone, will it work out no matter what? Um, and they get into that as well, which, which I thought was really interesting. I don't even need to listen to that episode to know that love does not solve for everything. Like love will no. not conquer the way through everything. No, I, if you're wanting like a meaningful relationship, of course it's necessary, but it's definitely not like the only thing you need in a relationship. I don't, I personally don't think. The older I get, the more and more and more, I feel like it's less magical and more pragmatic it's less spontaneous and more um goal alignment and planning and just a decision mm -hmm. and a choice to wake up and yes. remain committed because hey today there are going to be saturday nights that it's like you're trading something in i could have been out at varsity with the boys but i'm at home watching this rom-com but you know you're gonna have that support system there through thick and thin like there's there's pros and cons on everything. Like it's it's one of the things that as a single person I've had to deal with where I'm like, there's you're on the flight out to Vegas and you're going for the bachelor party and it's about to be wet republic and blackjack and just, you know, so much fun. And I didn't have to call and check back in, you know, or like, hey, honey, can I do this or whatever? And so I have to recognize that the Saturday night in Vegas, top notch, great. It's so fun to be in Vegas as a single person. There are other Saturday nights that I spend alone, that I grab Uber Eats, I watch the Brian Laundry documentary, and I cry myself to sleep. <laughs> it's a trade-off, you know? So the well, days that you feel I, infringed upon, it's like, hey, you will have that support system when you need it tomorrow. Yeah, and I will say, like, if, if I were to go out to Vegas with just the... Sorry, he's whining. But if I were to go out to Vegas with just the boys... I also, because I'm with Courtney and I love her, I view it differently than if I were in a relationship where 
I didn't necessarily want to be in it, but like, I don't look at it as like, I have to check in with Courtney. It's like, Hey, I want to tell you about my day. I want to tell you what's going on. And like, we have that trust too. Right. So I think whenever it's like with the right person, it doesn't feel like you have to do it out of an obligation. It's something that you want to do. A hundred percent. And that was, that was a bad example on my part. I'm thinking more about just the life's natural trade-offs where it's like, yeah, yeah, I hey, get you. Hey, it's a Sunday. The Cowboys are playing, but her friend is having a baby shower that requires a male, you know, drop, drop by or, or whatever. Like there's, there's pros and cons. Anyway, I'm listening. keep talking. Brad's like in the fire, out of the fire. What's the dog's name? Graham. Graham. Shout out to Graham for being this week's podcast guest. Um, yeah. I had to let him outside. He keeps whining. So and I made there's sure been, he went. There's been an outside this whole time. <laughs> well, it's like out in the courtyard where just anybody can go and I'm not just going like, to oh. leave him out there unattended. I feel you, man. Well, we can, yeah. we can wrap this podcast here, here shortly. Uh, it's definitely going to be a different production job on this video first content, but Thanks for bearing with us, Tots. Uh, yeah, we're guys. excited to get to experiment. And even though it was a mistake, <laughs> I literally, I took a photo. I already had the microphones connected, like the whole setup. Oh, he's going he's gonna to be so proud. Like I'm ready to go the minute he walks to the door. I just sprayed oh, air freshener because I'm like, I want this place to be tip top for Mr. B Radna. I was thinking like, what dedication to drive here at 10 a.m. again? And then I get a text at 9.45, like, we still on for zoom or do you want to do google meet and i'm like google meet <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's that's just the email that i got but i understand i understand the confusion and that's that's my fault i should have should have confirmed earlier hey man life gives you lemons you make a podcast on zoom you know <laughs> right baby and you know i feel like uh as far as like our youtubing and our uh just how the videos going there's nowhere to go but up, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. another, just another, just another part of the pod that we can keep improving on. So, watch us go, Tots. Um, listen, thanks for two amazing years to the Tots, to you, Brad. Yes. Um, Thank you. Thanks man. for just. I appreciate your just words. agreeing to to show up each week and share life. It's it's not to be understated that you know. Out of the last two years, there's about 50 weeks in a year. So a hundred opportunities to get together and do this. And even with COVID, with death, with life, with moving, with house building, with feast and famine, this is number 83. So yeah. somehow the fact that we haven't missed more weeks is just incredible to me. And the fact that it you know, even, even the weeks where I remember you showing up to my apartment and then saying, I got to go immediately. Like we can't do the podcast. And I just felt crushed. Like this kind of dedication over time is a, a scalable, it's a scalable situation. And I appreciate your commitment to this and not getting too tired of me yet. Likewise, man. And appreciate you, uh, pressing, pressing play on that Sunday morning, and, uh, getting that first one rolling. And it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely been a blessing to be able to do this and to have so much, so much of our lives these past two years recorded. And um, I know someday, you know, going to look back on a lot of these episodes and there will definitely be some that I want to revisit. Um, 
And it's just going to be really, really meaningful, man. So thank you. Probably be when I'm dead in the Grand Tetons and they're like, who, who done it? You know, <laughs> Brad? <laughs> nah, at your funeral, I'm just going to, I'm just going to uh, make a montage clip of all the outlandish things you've said on here. All the uh, the test records before we really yeah. go into the <laughs> there it is. That's what I'm talking like, about. Uh, Carson Gibbons and local news. The first guy to get canceled after his death. <laughs> They're still playing Thriller, but can't listen oh, to the catch up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, oh, buddy. Dude. Well, uh, happy cheer on Tuesday. Um, yeah, shoot, I'm gonna be out. Next weekend, I, I won't arrive back till Sunday, so. It's all right. I'll be moving into my home, so. You're moving in next weekend. Yeah, we're moving in on Friday. I thought you just got the keys on Thursday, and then you were going to kind of like, yeah. okay. No, I'm, I'm getting the keys on Thursday. We're moving a bed in on Thursday, and I'm sleeping there on Thursday. We're getting oh, the rest of the We're getting the rest of the stuff in there on Friday, yeah. Dude. Okay, well, I'll have to FaceTime you on Thursday then. That's, are you, uh. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm I'm a little mind blown, but um congrats on that, dude. I'm really excited for you, you. and Courtney. And um hope you have a good week of teaching. Are you gonna make it out to the state fair this season? Should we all go? Um yeah, I'd love to. I'm planning on going. I don't you know. You got when. a student day for it or I don't think so this year. Okay. Yeah, but we'll make time. Alrighty. Well, thanks for hooking up this uh, fine Sunday morning. Uh, yeah. Safe, safe flights. The safe rents travels. that are mid-air right now, mm -hmm. and I will be joining you up on the East Coast here in a couple of days. Um, thanks to all the tots that have shared in all these adventures, and you know we've had a double digits worth number of individual contributors that have either come on the show or submitted audio mm -hmm. clips from every walk of life. They've weighed in, they've agreed, they've disagreed. Uh, can't, can't thank you enough for that rapport that we've all built together and the conversation that we can have. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, so I'm not going to. All right, Mr. B-Rad. Uh, thanks, Tots. We will catch you up next time. Later.